I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks Podcast. I'm one of your five hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. And tonight, we have all four additional hunks on the line. How about that? So, it's who do we have on? It is a lot of hunk. A lot of hunky hunks on this one. Alright, so who do we have on the phone tonight? We have Mr. Nick Fiesler. Good evening, good evening. Hi Nick. Hi Donnie. Good evening, sir. How are things uh, in the Fiesler household? Good. Got a nice head cold, so I feel a little... Me too. If I sound a little funky. Yeah. I'll try that's not ne- to sneeze on the screen. All right. Well, that's... that's Yeah, mm. try not to do that. <laughs> we also have on the phone tonight... We're going to go straight to Crocman Tom Venata. I'm sick, too. Ugh. I'm here because I'm, I'm an overachiever like Nick. Were you guys like, you know, hanging out somewhere? Yeah. All right. Nick was, We're Nick not was drinking my... on the trout streams. Mm-hmm. Tom Nick was because he was, out of the he was wading into BY Park to 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 uh, net carp for my kids. Yeah, the other some day. some downtown city water. You got some bacterial infection going on over there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Apparently, flesh <laughs> eating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel man. like garbage, but I'm here. Well, it's good to have you, sir. Thank you. We also have on the phone tonight, Mr. Donnie Swink. Good evening. I feel great over here. Can't lie. Ready to Happy go. 420. Happy 420. Happy 420, Donnie. Yeah, I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling real good tonight. I'm ready to podcast. Let's do yeah. this thing. Oh, Chelsea. Well, it's good to see you in your Big O's Bucktails hoodie. Looking very special. staff. We also have on the phone tonight, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Owen Seaman, and of course, Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. I also, I love that three out of the five of us are wearing Big O's hoodies tonight. I did notice that. I was just going to say that we are well represented here on the, on the video cast that no one gets to see. (laughs) And uh, we have no guests tonight to see that. So no, we are all on our (laughs) own. It's kind of like giving a high fiving ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. You need to have that. So I give uh, myself a uh, a Top Gun high five. You know, shirtless volleyball scene every morning. <laughs> I feel like you do a lot of shirtless things over there. <laughs> I just pretty much like, everything. Yeah. Why you know what? You? Next time, next time Tom and I come up to fish for trout, I'm gonna walk out in the living room with no shirt on. It's always oh, accepted for, for you. <laughs> Rufus the truffle shuffle. Yeah. It's almost shirtless musky pick season. It's right Rufus around the corner, come. boys. Mm-hmm. Rufus will probably dance with you shirtless. That's that's amazing. I'm excited for shirtless musky pick season. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are we going to talk about tonight, Owen? I'm going to kick it right over to you and uh, shut well, my mouth. What we wanted to start with is just a quick recap of the New York musky show, which all of us, you know, went up to uh, was that now almost two weeks ago uh, we're kind of delayed in getting getting to this episode but i want to start kind of with what our experience was uh again i want to give a, a a shout out to zach baker and steve gold for putting on the the new york Mus- musky expo it was it was really good 
um, it was it was a different uh, feel. It was a different crowd, so to speak. Um, there was an amazing vendor list. I mean, crazy good vendors at this show. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to maybe touch on a little bit from my my aspect as a vendor, but also what it was like kind of because we are all consumers as well. I mean, really, we're probably more consumers than we are, you know, than I am a vendor. Like I'm there. Uh, I do think I probably spent more money this time than I made, you know, on on but my. You made off on the 50 50. Oh, that's right. That's right. I did make the 50 50. I did hit the 50 50 on Saturday. So that that made that that made me kind of break even. There we go. With what I with what I bought versus what I sold. So, you know, I don't know what you guys thought about it. I really I really thought it was a a great thought it was a great idea and a great event. I think maybe it needed to be and, and uh, again, this is the first year for this event. So every first year has its its ups and downs. But I mean, the crowd, I you know, I don't think we had the volume that that we had really all the vendors had hoped for. Um, but, you know, I, I, again, I don't have a ton of experience with these shows, so I'm not exactly one to say what, you know, would be expected or what isn't, but I don't know what, what did you guys think about the show in general and, you know, the turnout and just give me your thoughts here. Someone, Nick, I see you want to a shot. I was kind of thinking about like, which I wish I had that perspective of like, what the you know say musky max was when it when it in its you know inaugural year compared to you know i mean this is a first time show you don't have that you know build up a past experience you don't have that you know i guess uh word of mouth of you know how great it was last year and what what all right. would draw in more you know people off the street if you will well if just, it I'll be honest. If I'm a, if I'm a pure consumer and I want high end baits, I'm driving to that show. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah. okay. Where else are you going to go and have that type of, um, you know, selection of matlocks yeah. and, and headlocks and that selection. I mean, they had like the big time blue water baits. They had, you know, the, the big ones, the Canadian versions, you know, the, all the DKs, you know, <clears throat> you look at what these DKs, I sent you guys all a text today, uh, you know, in our text chain, about secondhand yeah what dk's go for from guys reselling them on ebay and it's gross i mean it's you know Mm -hmm. i i paid what did i pay for i told you 75 bucks for for that uh you know for a strawberry i think i think mine is the nine inch suban i think that's the one that i got deep suban i think yeah so 75 bucks and i saw today one popped up exact bait for what 230 yeah Mm -hmm. 10 at 23 or 23 at 10 one of those two right i I mean crazy tripled the money where are those people that are paying that that amount of money for baits that are complaining about gas prices yeah that's not (laughs) i mean really like anyone saying oh i'm not gonna if, if you're that into the bait game and you are anywhere near this show you needed to be there. Do you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it was a it was a very underrated show in a lot of ways, and I think that go that, I think that shows a lot of room for expansion, because if if in the next couple of years, 
you know, I did hear somebody suggest, um, you know, maybe holding it in Buffalo or someplace closer towards to a major city. Um, so you get more of the city, the city influence, the people that will just drive for an hour and don't want to drive for two hours. You know, I got a I got a problem with that, though. And my problem is this. How far is Buffalo from Chautauqua Lake? I don't know. An hour. It's an hour. So think about South Point and Muskie Max. How many of us drove an hour or more to get to Muskie Max? Like, Donnie, how far is, is South Point from you? It's not an hour, I don't think. Uh, it's, it's a little – I think it's like an hour and ten minutes. Okay. So, Something like that, yeah. I don't know, man. If if you want my perspective on that, people talk about moving that stuff to other places like Chautauqua Lake. To me, that's one of the best musky lakes in the state. You know, I I just I love the location of it. It's one of the you best know? musky lakes, and mm-hmm. really on the east, you know, in the eastern portion of musky fishing, I would say. You know, can I do always forget the like out of the summer season how vacant that that greater area mm-hmm. is well i mean yeah, i guess it's a vacation was... it's a vacation area right you know right. i mean people are summering it's like it they're Canada. migrating from pittsburgh right. i mean there is nobody you couldn't you know you can't get anyone up a canadota right now and, and chautauqua is a lot bigger than that but it's the same thing it's seasonal it's mupp beers mm-hmm. right that's that memorial data Labor Day. And all, all of us Muppiers blew our loads down here at Muskie Max. Didn't didn't know what New York had in store. And now the, the, walking into that show and seeing everything that was there, it like made me sick knowing like how much I spent at Muskie Max and how I had to behave at that show. Because like Owen said, it bakers. was just so many good baits there. Oh. You know how many how many people were lined up to get bakers at Muskie Max? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a line for a little bit, but you know, there were so many good bait makers here. It wasn't like, you know, there was only, you know, Baker Bates and only fat mm-hmm. AZ, you know? Yeah. Those, those, those guys clearly were draws, but it's, it wasn't as clearly defined. I didn't think as, as it was at Musky Max. That's what I think. It's a, it's a tough one too. Like, You'd like to think you'd get more Canadians coming down, but at the same time, they have the Odyssey like within a week of that. That's you know, same show. Yeah, but the Odyssey was the week kind before of a, right. so, the Muskie Expo. Do you guys think? Because I, I mean, I'm just gonna say this and be honest about it. I was a little disappointed in the showing as far as like number of number attendees. of uh, attendees. Because I honestly thought it would be a lot more. Now, all the stuff you guys said, you know, it's a new show, first show. I, I do feel like the show was completely successful, oh, you know, yeah. based on what happened there. I mean, I it, unbelievable lineup, like you guys said. But do you guys feel like there would have been more people there? Like 100% would have been more people there if that show, if the Odyssey didn't happen the week before? And do you feel like there was some general show burnout? And that's why, you know, we didn't see 1,000, 1,200 people walk through that door? I think there's still a lot of, uh, you know, hesitancy about crossing the border too with the, you know, restrictions and vaccination stuff. Right. That, that hinders some people. Yeah. I mean, from my, my perspective though, I mean, I completely agree with you guys. Like I was at that show as a consumer, even though I was doing 
some random video and I'm, I'm still working on a video from that show. Like I have nothing but positive things to say, you know, I was That's like, what, Oh yeah. It was so cool. The bait giveaway for kids. They oh, had, I yeah, can't remember man. like over a hundred baits for, for kids to give out and, or to Wait. give to kids that were attending. Okay. So we've talked, we mentioned the mus the musky odyssey, which is in Canada. And what always amazes me is that is a one day show. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I can only imagine the type of rush in the type of lines that you get there, you know, because I know people line up, you know, line up there and why, I don't know. It just seems odd to me to do a, a one day show where it is so busy and here we do a, a two day show and we don't get, you know, the pull that we thought we would maybe making it a, condensing it into a one day show would bring people in on that one day. I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing. Right. I don't know if that. Yeah. It might be <clears throat> something to consider in the future. I do want to talk about some of these vendors a little bit more though. Cause Owen, you mentioned like Duff and uh, like, dude, that was what so a cool. What, yeah. What a, what a cool guy. Like, I mean, what oh, a yeah. just good dude. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable being at the New York Mosque Expo and standing there talking to Duff about matlocks and headlocks. And it was insane to me, like just some of these vendors that I, I never even had a chance to talk to some of these guys I never talked to, you know, you talk about Jojo from, uh, up, up North there. Musky association. Yeah. Like that's a dude that, I mean, I've talked to Jojo like through Facebook a lot, you know, off and on and to stand there and talk to him, you know, he's not going to make it to PA. That's a, that's a yeah. pretty, you're not going to get his chili here in PA. I wish what, he would. What an incredible, the best chili I've ever had. Yeah. What an incredible guy he is. Just the resource and knowledge about, you know, the, I don't know if anybody that listens, listen or follows there. There's a classic and collectible musky tackle mm-hmm. Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Jojo contributes a ton, just all kinds of knowledge and, you know, information about all these diverse, different lures, timeframes and, that's incredible. You could, you could, you know, fully rabbit hole like for days looking over all those baits. Well, Jojo, yeah. if, if you, if you're listening and you want to get on the, the hunks, the hunks list to, uh, to come on here and tell some stories about old baits, give Nick a shout out. Yeah. I think yeah. I might, I'm going to try and get up to one of the Niagara Muskie Association meetings just to see what, you know, it seems like a cool group of people up there. Yeah. I so mean, that, you, uh, that oh, go ahead, right. I was going to say, I mean, you take, you take guys like that then you introduce guys, like you have some of the DKs there, like we talked about, but they're also like true glide, you know, that's a, yeah. I, didn't, I did not personally realize how big of a deal, you know, what is this, Is that Joel or Joe Peterson, Joel Peterson? Yeah, I think so. Joe Peterson. Joe. Yeah. Joe Peterson. Joe Peterson. So, you know, I, again, like I'm relatively new to all this stuff, but like I heard Zach talking about him you know, during our podcast. And then I seen, I seen these baits. Like I see what these go for. Like, dude, if you're in the market for one of those, like there was no better show to be at. Yeah. You probably can't right. buy it. You, I, I would almost guarantee that you could not go and buy one of those baits right now, no, no matter what you did. It's just not available, but there, <laughs> he had a, a small table, small table of them 
like his his setup was amazing i mean they literally like walked in on the on saturday morning yeah, 10 minutes at prior. like 8 8 45 before the before the doors <laughs> opened at nine o'clock they whipped open two briefcases one briefcase had a bunch of baits in it the next briefcase had a bunch of epoxy kits in it they stacked them up on the table and like sat down it was like was let's it. go mm-hmm. here we go like it's like john delorean walking in with his uh, briefcase full of gold Right. It, was, it was unbelievable <laughs> to see that. I can I couldn't even believe it. It is yeah. just like they sold. Then he, he probably sold out within the first couple hours. I would think. Yeah, I think. Well, I was only there for maybe two hours, and I think he was done by the time I left. Yeah. Speaking of selling out, you got Evan just clearing house pretty much, taking oh, yeah. like Sh- five baits home. Shoss, Shoss Bait Company probably won the MVP award in terms of, you know probably just like overall success they could have taken their leftover lures home in like a plano box i think yeah he killed it he killed it in which you know deservedly so which is again you know if people want his baits you can't just go and buy them normally you've got to go to a show like this and and get them and he had more miners this time right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you can wait for a couple people to throw them up on the on the soup yeah, yeah and, and then and then people will be trying to pay you know the god knows what they'll what they would go for on there and at 10 it's frustrating you know? man that drives yeah. me insane i mean we could talk about that all night long but yeah these guys are they're pouring their hearts into this and they're they're trying to keep prices reasonable for us you know like 50 60 bucks a bait you know reasonable for the amount of time and then you see that and it's no wonder yeah. we're paying 100 120 dollars for a bait Right. People get tired. I mean, you of look it. at you look at the the stuff the the way people are paying that type of money for baits on eBay and whatnot, and yet Duff left with, um, you know, I don't even know how many baits. You know, uh, probably still a hundred and some baits. Yeah. You know, it, it it's not like a guy like Duff came to this show and sold out. You know, mm-hmm. where. And if I'm if I'm anyone listening to this podcast and I'm on the eastern, you know, side of of the United States and I don't I've never hand, you know, handled a, a, a bait like a matlock or a headlock. You don't realize how big these baits are, you know, and you could get the new ones, the ones he doesn't even have for sale yet. Yeah. Too. Oh, dude, yeah. he had these he had these like adjustable lip ones, the lip I locks, mean, the casting ones, a little yeah. mini. And not only that, you could you could stand there and talk to the guy and pick this man's brain about these baits that he's been building. I mean, if I'm if I'm a real lore guy, a real bait guy, this is the show that I I'm traveling to to, Mm -hmm. you know, to to be at. That's Yeah, I mean, I think it would be safe to say that this show definitely favored the consumer Mm -hmm. in general. Like it was just a good show to be a customer it, oh. you know like oh yeah you had a very you were, you were able to really get in touch with these bait makers and a lot of guys that aren't typically around here and, and really talk to them and get your hands on some hard to get stuff uh i didn't get to i didn't get to spend a lot of time and talk talk much but i did talk briefly with kyle and matt from uh from slobland flicks that was cool to get to to, to mm-hmm. talk to those guys because They've been doing the the YouTube thing, the musky YouTube thing since like, I don't know, 2011, 2010, something like a while, a long time. And they were a big inspiration of why I first 
went to Lake Nipissing. And so to, to even, you know, talk to those guys. And I know that Matt, Matt has said that he has listened to the podcast. So Matt, if you're listening again, you know, I'm, you know, hopefully we will be able to have you guys on at some point uh, because it was really cool to be able to put, you know, faces to names and shake hands and, you know, realize like these guys are, are, you know, normal guys that just happen to catch, you know, 50 pound fish all the time. Can I, can I say something about that? Cause I, yes. I completely blew it. Okay. I could not work up the testicular fortitude to go talk to those guys and ask him for an interview. <laughs> I was like, absolutely like awestruck. And I was standing there with you at one point, you were about to go talk to them. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that. it. And then I was like, run away. And I like turned and Deanna and I just like scattered the opposite direction. And I felt <laughs> I would have loved to get an interview, but I just did not. I just didn't have the balls to ask them. Terrible. I know they're, they're intimidating guys, uh, in the sense of, I, I don't know, but probably not in actuality. It's right. just the, the, you know, image that we've built up from watching their videos that they, mm. you know, they know it like they're kind of the, the guys, you know, right. 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 In reality. They're, you know, decent guys to talk to and, and that's probably like anybody like else. 90% of the musky, like these guys that you see, you know, like all of the guys that we talked about, that's probably, I just feel like that's like, oh my gosh, that's duff. You yeah. know, like, mm. and it, but you find out it's just regular dude. That's, what that, that's because surprisingly, not many people would think uh, anyone in the musky world is famous. You know what I mean? Mm. Like mm -hmm. us, us thinking people are a big deal. Anyone else would be like, like you know, right. musky fishing is the is the smallest sliver of fishing, mm -hmm. and you know you're a dork if you're a fisherman. You know if you're a bass fisherman or if you're a you know what you know it's kind of like you're you know it's not the coolest a the coolest hobby for sure. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean it's I not the coolest hobby, and to be you know in to be in that very smallest sliver of of that hobby, you know, not many people know about these guys. Mm -hmm. We do. Right. But in and, and shout out to these guys that we follow because we all do. But uh it, you know, we always have to remember that they're not famous outside of you know their own home. That's what with particularly Duff, because I've I've loved his baits since I you know first ever learned about him. And that was like one of the first big baits I caught a fish on were the Matlocks. And uh I first decided to get one after I stumbled across he has a bunch of YouTube videos where it's just him. And I think I want to say it's Matt Seifert or one of the, one of the Matt guides from uh, Minnesota up there. Minnesota, And uh, they're just hanging out in the shop and just kind of BSing, kind of like we are now and just discussing baits and how Duff kind of made his way into the current bait lineup and just a cool, like down to earth conversation with them and just, super relatable guys and great to and listen he, to. And he was open to, you know, coming on the podcast with us and talking. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about making sure that that happens in the, you know, in the foreseeable future. So, I mean, that was, I don't know, man, I really, really enjoyed the New York show. Yeah. Got to see like, our BNN yeah. boys. Yeah. 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 The guys from Bob BNN, and Bob. Bob and Nick. Uh, Got to Bob see all Nick. the got to see some past guests, make some new guests. We won't drop any spoilers right now, but got the some new people lined up there. Absolutely. 
I thought it was kind of clutch that the uh, St. Lawrence Muskie Shop was there. I know there was some things going on uh, with some of that stuff, but I will say like they had a huge selection of baits there. And that's, yeah. again, like consumer side, dude, you walk in there, they had like yeah. every single angry dragon you could ever want. Every Bondi you could think every of. Every Bondi. Right. And it was like, dude, it was like being at a mini Rolly and Helen. And that guys, guys out West are like rolling their eyes at that. But around here, that's like a huge deal to see right. like Bondi's right. in person or to see something as stupid as an angry dragon mm-hmm. in person. Like you can't get an angry dragon at Muskie Max unless like yeah. crashes or one of the, the like do it all vendors brings them. That's what, like I, the best the best musky shop around maybe has like 30 musky pegs maybe yeah i mean the yeah. only thing i would say about about that is that i know that something that steve and and i know steve had mentioned to me originally it was that you know they didn't want to have too many of the you know of like the big vendors mm-hmm. right. that would overshadow the smaller mm-hmm. ben- vendors and you know no offense to the, to the you know St. Lawrence Muskie Shop guys, but that's kind of exactly what you do when you bring you know a, an entire rack of spanky baits, you know spanky bucktails in every single you know form and fashion. That you know they're great baits. There's no no offense to to that or anything, but that's a pure purely capitalist thing where you know it you had bait makers other bait makers not just me multiple bait makers there making bucktails you know so this is i don't i don't mean this to come off as like sour grapes for for myself like i was one of maybe probably five or six different guys that were making bucktails you know you know doing them ourselves which to me is totally different than bring in a rack full of somebody else's baits and charging a shitload of money for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's just, that's just kind of my feeling on that. And I know they were a late addition to, to the field, so to speak. And that's kind of what caused all of the, the issues with, you know, the, when the, when the show first started with, with people's positionings and whatnot, but yeah, I mean, you, you bring, you bring a gigantic rack of something like that and you basically tell everybody that what that made theirs to you know go pound salt that's one of those things that i i guess i you know i mean i'm more interested if i'm buying something like at a show i either want to talk to the guy that made it mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. get a little backstory or something you know yeah. I mean, something that makes you feel good about using the bait and yeah confidence versus sure like the only stuff i was looking at at the the saint lawrence shop is that you know bondy stuff that i'd either have stuff i can't see yeah i gotta order from team rhino or something like that you wouldn't have to pay shipping or whatever like that but yeah yeah, i see your point there you know definitely i think all that stuff's valid too i mean we're not we're not you know trying to be negative or anything i mean this is this is what this podcast is it's Mm -hmm. real you know we're giving you our real opinion as consumers anglers vendors Mm -hmm. right i mean i would do it again i you know i i would i mean to be perfectly honest i would 100 do it again if you know there wasn't another large retail bucktail you know offering there if it's other guys making them just like I am making them, that's a, you know, that's different, you know, cause there's really not the equivalent of that in terms of crankbaits and the trolling baits, you know, 
there's yeah, like, you have Rapala is the only thing that's mass produced, really. Right, but, right. And then that's another thing. I don't know what are Spankies still. Are they like a machine assembled or? Uh, that I don't know. I know he was on. I listened to a podcast that he was on a, a long time ago, and I, I mean, it's a it's a big operation, you know. Right. So when I say, I mean, I don't think anybody in the musky world is what I would consider a, a major operation. You know, right. like I don't think anyone's got major warehouses. Maybe musky mayhem guys, but innovation. You know, so so that's not saying that's nothing against Spanky Bates. It's like it's it's the it's the purpose of the show was about builders. That's what it was, um, you know, build as and and that can be what, I, you know, you can have builders of building the same thing, you know, multiple products. There are multiple nine inch, you know, long lipped crankbaits um, that there's just like there are multiple bucktails that are, you know, of the same uh, you know, the same blade combinations, but there's, it's different when you bring something in that is totally from outside that has no real tangible relation. And I guess you could kind of say the same about the chaos, uh, you know, the, the, the chaos situation, but I do, I believe the chaos guys, I've seen them, you know, at pretty much every, Oh, they're always there. Yeah. They're yeah. always there. So, I mean, that that's like the same guys coming, so maybe I'm kind of confusing things. It's not like it wouldn't be the St. Lawrence guys coming. It's that the St. Lawrence guys are a retail shop. You know, they are not making their baits that they are selling. They are purely buying a bait from somebody else and turning it over for a profit. Crash the play devil's advocate though. Crashes those too, though. That's yes, but they did. They, if okay. I my understanding was that they Ooh, were. Did I just lawyer we're getting, Owen? We're getting lawyer Owen. No, oh no, no. Boy. My understanding was that they they didn't bring like their full. Yeah, they didn't bring. That's what bread. it did. It did look like it was almost exclusively rods, nets, yeah. reels. Yes, for that exact purpose. Yep. I was, you know, that was my impression. And that was so, was that something that was kind of conveyed to you as as a vendor? Yeah, yeah. At okay. one point, and. But it wasn't like out. I mean, we all know that there's going to be other, you know, other, you know, bait makers there that are selling similar things. But I know, yes, that it was encouraged that people would not bring, you know, things that would be kind of conflicting. Mm. So this is interesting, though, because, again, like there's no right or wrong here because Owen's a Owen's a vendor. Right. So like mm. when you when you talk about that stuff, like you're there to sell baits. Like those vendors right. are not there to like shake hands and kiss babies. They want to sell products. Right. Yeah. There's a financial investment in all this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and, and for, for guys that drove up from West Virginia, you know, mm. you know, a hell of a lot longer, you know, there were guys where this was their first show and, and stuff. And I, I, I'm almost guaranteeing that there are people that didn't cover their expenses for the trip. I I would I would bet I would I would bet that there may be a couple that didn't cover expenses. That's one thing that I never really thought about until helping you with your booth is that mm -hmm. you know I mean that cost for a vendor is significant really. You know I mean yeah, the I mean, number of baits that you have to sell just to recoup the the travel the 
booth cost, you know, all that. And that's on top of trying to recoup. That's that's on top of trying to recoup your initial investment for all of the hardware and everything. You know, you right. you have a you have a yeah. A your net- profit margin is already thinner than you know just a twenty dollar bait is not. You know, I mean, you might make twenty five percent or something like five dollars or somewhere in there. Right. So just I round. mean, I I count myself as extremely lucky that you know this is a hobby that I don't necessarily look at it in that in that sense of it's not all about dollars and cents for me, but if, if it were, you know, if I was just looking at this as a pure uh, business investment, I mean, hell, I probably, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I would have to think twice about, you know, doing it again because of the hotel, you know, you got the hotel costs, you got for two nights, you got, you know, all, you know, whatever transportation, whatever, you know, gas you got. And then you have the, entry you know the the booth cost so it's not it's not a cheap thing and if you don't sell you know depending on how much your baits are it's it's tough man i mean i I don't want to get into the numbers of it but it's it's i can see sunshine and rainbows no and i can see how people would maybe but that's that's definitely something i've never i never really thought about until this year the, you know the economics for a vendor mm-hmm. aren't aren't pretty really you know i think one thing that's interesting here because I, I was curious about this we on sunday morning i think it was it was me deanna tom and kayla we were down eating breakfast and ken trail was sitting next to us and i said i asked them i said hey you know how you how you doing i said you sell book all your trips for the year and he looked at me and he goes never book any trips at these things. And he's just like, he's like, really, you know, we're here to, you know, I'm here to do the seminars and, you know, just hand out cards and and be a part of the show, you know, more or less to basically stay relevant, you know, just at the shows. And I think, I do think that that is like a very valid point though. I think that, that, that's a good, that's something I'm glad you said that Ryan, because I didn't want to say when we were talking about the Slobland flicks guys, that you know on sunday when i was talking to them i you know we would have the normal show chit chat which is you know hey how you guys doing you know you after we're done talking about you know our shit we're like how how you uh how you guys doing and they didn't book a single trip i think it's tough for guys in general that's not i don't think uh, but i don't think looking back at that i don't think that's unusual now right. like no, i don't yeah. think people are ready to because you're at nobody's putting forking down deposits of you know hundreds of dollars yeah to and how many guys know, are ready to you know schedule a date right months, months out yeah. in advance yeah from the and like do, from I, the shopper side of things that's like when you go to shows i'm not really looking i mean some people are don't get me wrong a lot of people do but i'm personally not looking to book a trip i'm looking to like go home with things in my hands and new shiny toys and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are kind of like that, whether so it's everyone, wrong or right or stupid or whatever. It's it's the unfortunate truth, I think. But I think what Ryan said about what Ken Trail said really is it, you know, a lot of it is just having your face there. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that I enjoy just being there and talking to people. I mean, how many how many hours of conversations did we have up in New York with people that were just you know, not about buying our, my baits or anything, you know, we just talked, Mm -hmm. you know, and we got to spend a lot of time with vendors, you know, we Mm -hmm. got to spend a lot of time talking to other vendors because, 
you know, the, especially towards in the later afternoon, it's, it definitely slowed down, you know, but again, I, I don't want this to come off at all as, as, you know, bashing the show. I want to say that this is like, this is honest to God criticism or, or, you know, constructive criticism, because I think the show could be awesome. And I think it will be awesome in a couple of years with, uh, you know, maybe next year with just a couple of, you know, some tweaking. And that's, that's what you learn, you know? And if anything, if you're listening to this and didn't go, you should go and buy a bait from someone. Even if you go and just buy one bait from someone, buy a $30 crankbait or a bucktail from someone, it might make like their day. Like there might've been people there. There might be a vendor that hasn't sold a bait all day and you could make their day just buying one lure. See, that I was feel one like... thing, Go ahead, too, with the uh, just the diversity of fishermen there. There were people that, you know, specialized on fishing the St. Lawrence, people that yeah. fish the Niagara River, uh, West Virginia, all the lakes and rivers down there, Ohio, PA. You know, I mean, it covered a huge area. There's guys all the way up to West, uh, no, Indiana, Iowa, those areas. Crazy. Yeah, and, and being in that area of, of the Chautauqua area, like the idea of the Slobland Flicks guys, you know, their guide service, you know, that is not a far drive from the that New York area or even here, Western Pennsylvania to Georgian Bay, where they where those guys guide, you know, the idea that, you know, that that's a reasonable thing, I think, is 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 very, you know, it's very understandable. I think people should be thinking along the lines of hey we can do something like that yeah i mean i i make that drive all the time so the the other part of this too and i want to kind of get in i want to just mention a few things about a few more vendors but i want to talk about these seminars real quick because i didn't get a lot of time to to sit in all of the seminars but i will tell you guys i sat in for the majority of ken trail seminar on sunday and it may have been one of the best seminars I've ever listened to. Yeah, dude, you mentioned you you even came over to us and you were like, that might have been the best seminar I've ever heard. And we were like, we both looked at you like, really? Like, that's kind of like a, 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 a bold, bold statement thing from to, Ryan Reed. To, to just walk over and, you know, say well, out of the blue. So it must be pretty guy. impactful. So here, here's what I think. And this I hope he doesn't listen to this and get all mad at me. But I feel like Ken Trail gave so much so much more detail into how he's fishing what he's fishing when and where he's fishing because we were in new york versus somewhere closer to virginia i felt like it was easier for him to talk about you know the new and the james river like not really shitting where he sleeps there and right but dude like i asked questions like i i literally got up mid seminar went over to the Red October, Red October booth and bought the exact tube that he was talking about during the seminar <laughs> because of the way he explained how to fish it, where to fish it, when to fish it. And I can, I can tell you, I threw it on Saturday with Donnie and I was like, this is amazing. It, it does what he said it does. Like, it's amazing. This thing. And it's the same thing Nick said too about Look the Look at that Donnie. Like, it does what it said. It does what he said it did. Imagine that. Yeah. You actually come out on the boat and start casting you might catch one yeah it's insane but dude i thought you know for for as long as i stood in you know holbert with his seminar again whether you guys love him or you hate him i mean that dude catches monster fish it was an opportunity to to listen to that you know vance did a seminar vance something happened with the projector but i thought that actually made it pretty cool because vance like didn't have his notes so he just 
talked and he Vance talked seemed about to be in a better mood at the New York show than he was at Muskie Max. Did anyone else gather that? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I really got a better, a much better, more, more positive vibe in the, if this comes out before our Vance episode comes out, because we have, we have one in the, in the hopper, uh, you know, Vance shout out to Vance because when things were slow at the New York Muskie Expo, he literally brought people over to my booth and was showing them the baits that he has caught fish on and, you know, so what I, what I want to say is like, he, you know, he was having a good say time enough. I yeah. Think. I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah. They, I, th- I thought the line for fat AZ was probably as substantial as just about any others that I saw right yeah. in the morning oh, yeah. on Saturday. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, to I, pivot okay. entirely there, but we were kind of talking about traveling and that is the venue. If you're traveling for a show, man, that was such a cool venue for a musky oh, show. God, yeah. I could have made I, it I from, I could have made it from like any booth in that musky show to my hotel room blindfolded. I was like 50 steps away from the entrance to go to right. bed. You need like to how take awesome a dump. Is that is it? Yep. Got to take a dump, dip out. See Got to take a nap. Right Kayla, 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 Kayla took a nap for like three hours because she was she could only look at fishing lures for so long. You know, like it, son, it was so cool. My son was with me the whole weekend. So and he was it was so mm-hmm. cool because normally I you know, he would have to sit in my booth the entire time, but he was able to walk up to the hotel room, mm-hmm. hang out for a couple of hours. You know, I really, again, I do not want this to come off as like a gripe session about, about this show, because I thought it was an amazing show that there were a little, you know, a couple of things that, that could be tweaked. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if anything, really- we're griping at the dirty Yinzers like me who stayed at home and didn't go. So if you're listening, yeah. didn't, didn't go get off your butt and go. Yeah. It's worth yeah, it. Again, it's fun. Dude, if you're if you're in debates like this was the show. To yeah. be That's at. what mm-hmm. I was surprised. My one buddy that I walleye fish with quite a bit. I've taken him out musky fishing a few times on Chautauqua. He came with me to the show Saturday. And he came I, back on Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I wasn't was able awesome. to make it on Sunday. He texted me. He goes, I, I, I had to, I went, I went back, got a couple more baits. He did sat in on a couple seminars and like, he was all excited. I, uh, you know, all these vendors though, I mean, Zach had an, a, a really nice spread there. I couldn't he believe did. how many Baker baits were there after how well he did at Muskie Max. Uh, Steve Gold, you know, those nine inch baits, a lot of the stuff I, I've never seen, like some of the bigger baits. Uh, I just thought that was cool getting a chance to talk to those guys and and look at you know their stuff. I mean, there was just there was just a lot. There was just so many opportunities to buy. In the lure in swap, the lure yeah. swap was cool. Pizza, man, the pizza was awesome. Barbecue yeah. chicken pizza, freaking free pizza. Old was it lures. as good as your flatbreads, Nick? I don't know about that. That's tough. But Nick, we had Nick phoning in calls for lures like it was an auction. Yeah, he, he was phoning in calls to Charlie yeah, to pick buyer. up lures from the yeah. What did you uh, What did you end up with? Because I know there was some pretty sought after baits there. Yeah, you allowed to two two Frankies. Okay, I mean one that's one joined, one straight. Those are pretty sought after now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nick's boy JoJo sold me a flat stick for five dollars. So shout out JoJo again. What What size? I don't know if I drag flat stick. Oh, oh, those ones are junk. Supposedly uh, they discontinued those. There's so many See, of them on the internet. You. They'll never yeah. go away. Junk right. garbage. <laughs> Put them in the pile with the burger baits. I know a I guy know. that caught a 55 and a quarter of one. They catch Fake fish. News. 
Fake news. I agree. Well, let's dove. That's a good little uh, dovetail into what did we get at yeah, this show? Let's do, it. let's do it. Who wants to go Who's first? Going? Should we start with Ryan? That way I can take a nap. <laughs> I'll go quick if you guys want. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be hush about this one because I don't care as much. But I'll just tell you guys. I ended up with two miners, one in a very purple trout pattern that I'm. Either one joined it. No, I didn't get the jointed. I talked to Evan. He said, "I was taunted by the jointed." Dude, Charlie was trying to talk me into the orange tiger jointed, and Evan, I said, "Ev, what do you? Which one would you go with?" And he pointed at the the unjointed. So that's what I did. I have um, I I put full confidence in my my bait makers, and I I trust Evan Shaw's like I trust Joe Morrow is my president of the Chapter Sixteen Muskies Inc. That's my president. That's my president. So. I should get a t-shirt made like that says that. <laughs> so I ended up with two miners. I got one meatball in the brown perch pattern, and I got a a flat bait. Um, I also picked up uh, – actually, Steve, hooked, Steve Gold hooked me up with a couple of his baits, and I had him sign a 9-inch for me. Uh, that was pretty cool. I got uh, two bakers. One was like a New York special in that uh, Redwood Ranch pattern. Pretty cool stuff. And uh, Zach signed a uh, – a four-inch black perch for me. It was the only black perch he had hanging there left. I really wanted to get a Freddie Merck for that. And I just like, dude, unbelievably, like I turned around and they were gone. There was like two left on the rack. It couldn't have been three minutes. I turned and they were gone. So that just goes to show you, you can't, cannot hesitate at these shows. So a couple of those, um, I got, uh, got my, uh, my black perch gold skirt off of Owen, the, uh, the heavy spinner bait, which I threw a little bit on Saturday. Really like it. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, it did. I started I actually led. It led the lineup. Nice. It did. I seen it. He seen it. He saw it. And I did not snag and lose it. So that's great. Um, I also ended up with, with two matlocks. I went with the eight and a halfs because they're relatively new. I think new this year, right, Nick? The eight and a halfs? Yeah. They were new. Yeah last year or maybe in the fall of uh 2020 i think yeah 2020 is when they came out okay duff said they were uh, relatively I may have, new i may have bought one while trolling on chautauqua one day <laughs> so i uh i don't know if you guys have ever seen those patterns but he does a pattern called carrie's fave uh, kind of a Car- lake tr- or uh yeah trout pattern yeah it's like a purple trout pattern that's uh carrie hoppy so I had to have it. Okay. I've been I've been staring at it online, and uh, I'm sure there was other baits. Because he made a he made a like a special edition for Jeff from TRO, right? Mm-hmm. The the grandpa's goldfish. Yeah, yeah, it's like the which is the like one of my Rapala. the classic Rapala, which is I I I painted a uh, a top raider like that, and it's one of my favorite top raiders. It's so I love that pattern. I also ended up with a sloppy swimmer from Fat AZ because they had the fabled Arthur Perch hanging there. Ooh. Is it and, uh, which size did you go with? I just went with that the, gets two thumbs up. I went with the small one, and don't criticize me for that because that's the new, okay. new redesign. Yeah, he's nice. Oh, now your back. thumb is teetering. No, no, that's the, the what is that? The five inch. So I think they call it a six, six, six inch, yeah, yeah. Six, six, six and eight and a 10. Sloppy so, junior, right? 
Yeah, I went with the small one because I had Tom and Owen rig it up for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, we Frankenstein that thing. Little custom rig job. So I'm not going to talk to belly dragon. I got the. I uh, did the same thing. mm -hmm. Yep, Yep, that's the plan with that. And I uh, have you thrown it, Ryan? It is mean. Well, so here's the deal. I was out Saturday with Donnie, and I wanted to, but we were not conducive for that. <laughs> Where we were fishing was not the right area. But I can tell you, mm-hmm. Friday, I'm going to be in the right area, so that will happen. So uh, we, I took mine down to uh, BY Park when I met Tom and Kayla down there with my kids, and I took a cut. I took that. I took that little mini Marshad uh, dive and rise. And I took this and I'll get into like, I took this little bog swimmer that I bought it at New York to just to like cast around. And man, that little sloppy swimmer with a, uh, you know, a condensed spinner bait on top is lethal. I mean, it, it, it just, it's ridiculous. You You can drag it across the bot. If you put that hook on the top, that back hook on the top. Right. You can so drag we'll, we'll, it across. We'll get it. Now, did you, we'll, yeah, did you we'll add weight to the spinnerbait on? Yeah, I added uh, an ounce. Actually, no, I only like a three-quarter ounce or like okay. an ounce. It's not a. It's not right. like a very heavy one. So I yeah. have an interview with you guys explaining that, and that's gonna be in my New York video. Okay, so. well, we won't get too far into it. You you can talk about it. I don't care. No, Just shout out. Keep... No, check out Ryan Reed's video. Ryan, yeah. Yeah. Fishing PA with Ryan Reed to, to yeah. if you I, uh, learn more. I got two other baits I got to talk about here. Three other baits. Keep going. Crossbones. I bought one of those little tiny crossbones uh, crankbaits. If you guys saw those. I feel the like. Flat-sided? Cherry bomb, maybe? The little cherry bombs. Okay. It's like a little bass style crankbait, little teeny Dude. tiny guy. It's huh. weeny, weeny small. Tom's weeny small. <laughs> and <laughs> that thing is like, I just feel like that's going to be a really interesting thing for downsizing. So small, you almost need a microscope. You have but to then, play the song every time you run it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then I want to just, I, I got to send just a quick shout out to Greg at the Extreme booth. Because that was the, one of the first times I actually like sat down and talked to Greg. Have you guys talked to Greg? I, have I did not. not. Yeah, well, his booth was like really far away it, in the yeah. sense that it was all the way against the wall and it was next to the St. Lawrence Muskie shop guys. So by the time like you're I was done with the the visual overload that was the New York, the, the St. Lawrence Muskie shops booth. I didn't spend a lot of time at, at the one next door to it. I, I should have. And I. Oh. I will next time. Well, he, first of all, he's a great dude. Like he is probably one of the best people you will meet in the industry. And it was really awesome getting a chance to just like interview him for the first time, sit down and just talk. And he makes these baits for fun. You know, he's not doing it for a living. It's paying for his addiction. Essentially he's making, he's got pictures of Kevin Goldberg you know, at one point I got a, I got a, some footage, like there's two pictures side by side. It was like Kevin and Raina, both holding giant fish on extremes. And I'm just like, this is so cool. It's like power couple status, but I ended up buying three minis <laughs> off of him. Uh, I'm really excited about the minis. I think those are going to troll real nice. And I believe somebody got, I want to say it was a 49 and a half maybe. 
on uh, one of the colors of the mini that I bought specifically for a lake that I'm going to be fishing on Friday and probably Saturday. Ooh. So I'm pumped about it. <laughs> that's pretty much all I did. I know that's a long list. There might have been a couple other ones in there. I can't remember, but I definitely got my uh, my matlocks and I definitely went hard on the Shaw Spates again. You're not divorced yet, right? Um, well, it works no. in the mail. long story. <laughs> I, uh, I did, I did have, to it's ask, complicated. I did have to ask her for more money, which, uh, went over my budget by about 200 bucks. <laughs> that's why you have a black eye. Uh, yeah, that's why now, I mean, she's, she's very, very kind to me, which I'm thankful for. So I'm lucky. I'm extremely lucky. Good. Well, who wants to go oh. next? Nick, did you buy anything at the show or did oh, you yeah. just show up to, to, to like just to hang out? I had a speed round. It was like a uh, guy's grocery game. So I just ran around, filled stuff up in a bag. I actually made the, the old people. Okay. So the old people, I'll, I'll show my age again. The old people wouldn't recognize guys' grocery games. We would recognize it as supermarket sweep. There you go. Supermarket sweep. I vaguely remember supermarket sweep. One of those it's things like the that you greatest just show. The channel. Oh my god, it was the greatest show when I was the kid. <laughs> just lock up and panic. They brought it back. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, Leslie Jones, the new one. Oh god, I don't even. I don't even have cable. Yeah, look it like, up. I don't like. I'm like an absolute dinosaur at this point. But anyway, came in. Uh, let me think. Got a couple bakers. Got a big jointed nine inch wire through. And a four inch, and uh, both of those were in the Freddie Mercury pattern. Then I got uh, big O's, got two spinner baits, sharks. That's right, you did buy two big green and a gold black perch, I guess. Black skirt, or yeah, gold skirt, black blades. And then I got some red October tubes, a little variety there, like green pumpkin. Uh, like a just bright orange, a couple whites, and I think. Oh, I got one of the wax lures, which I've been trying to get my hands on for years. Yeah, he was right next door to me, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like the worst person because I I'm terrible with small talk. Like I never. You That's know, how I am too. I, chat I, chat people up. I mean, dude. I but I looked at his baits and they were like cool as shit. That's what I've like been following him on Instagram for probably two or three years now. And I've always wanted one. They just like thump so incredibly hard, all the videos he posts. And every time he posts some for sale, they're like gone immediately. And he's got a couple different variations of, you know, square round lips. So it was nice. Yeah. To he be had, able to... he had like the same body style, but he had, he had aluminum lips. He had uh, the the Lexan Lexan lips, and he had round lips, and he also had square. So yep. I can and only he imagine. Had, he also had different tie points, I think on on them as well. So like a one closer towards the tip of the lip versus closer to the body. So one's deeper diving versus shallower running, and so it was nice being able to quiz him and get the kind of told him what i wanted to do with it and he kind of told me which one would the would be the right combo so that was nice to actually meet him face to face that's the first show i've been to 
And he, he was, was uh, he's from West Virginia. So, right. I mean, that's a hike for him. Yeah, you know, that's a, he's a, you know going back to kind of like the how much the expense of a vendor is, you know, that that dude. Right. It wasn't well, I mean, cheap for him to do that. Yeah, that's one. I think that West Virginia shows the only other one I know he goes to. I've thought about going down there, but it's again, it's one of those things that's scheduling and like that ends up being like three hours for me or something like that to get down there. But so I was pumped to get a wax. That's probably the one I'm most excited to fish. Besides the big O's, of course. <laughs> good good and, save. Yeah. Yeah. And let me think. Yeah. Pick Duff's brain. I kind of, I had it in my head that I was going to buy a lip lock while I was there, but he, he successfully talked me out of it. <laughs> why is, what a you know, now why yeah why why did he talk you out of it uh he had he said he goes i just brought three to show if you want one in a different color i think he had I'm trying to think now it's like a silver barred white fish moose horn measles and a pike pattern which aren't my you know i wouldn't pick any of those three right off you know if i was buying buying one spending right. 300 dollars on a lure but he said you can if you order one custom through the website it's then he can you know get whatever color you want get it with or without a rattle i think i'd still go without but uh but yeah just he kind of pointed out that those are just to show so people had one to you know fondle for reference yeah. yeah so so that'll be uh that's on my to-do list is to order a a lip lock how big uh, is the lip lock giant. i think they're a 12 inch body so he calls it like 15 overall with the the lip and everything the fat yeah but it's all you know resin body around a central aluminum bar so all the all the hook hangers are like welded in or you know screwed into this aluminum bar so it's all continuous so metal are his baits uh, are, are matlocks and headlocks wood or wood yeah that's what i thought yeah yep. okay so i think just the lip lock is that resin okay mold. all right that makes sense yeah but they're hefty but yeah and it was nice talking to him got the he kind of explained how they run they sounds like they run pretty similar to a matlock as far as depth curve and whatnot. So, cause that's what I've, you know, I mean, you watch the videos and it's like, how does this thing dive? It covers like right, 10 this, feet. This gigantic know, swath side to side, of yeah. side to side. Right. So, yeah. And for our listeners that, you know, may not know what exactly we're referring to. We, I, I kind of feel like sometimes we need to back up if, you know, in, in terms of, what we're talking about like what what nick is referring to there is like matlocks are in headlocks are well known for their wandering right uh like erratic. You know, erratic abilities of moving from side to side and you know at times that can be the difference between a fish hitting and not is one erratic move from side to side whereas if a bait is just trolling in an absolute straight line a fish is going to be less theoretically a fish is less likely to strike that because it's of its uniform action. Right. 
And that's what, yeah. But if you can figure out what a fish is going to do, then you're smarter than any of us. <laughs> what else did yeah, you get? That was it. Michael that I came with, he bought a matlock. He was all excited about it. Bought one in a brook trout pattern. He, he bought excited. two big O's when he came back on Sunday. Yeah. yeah, he did. Which uh, he caught a smallmouth on one the other did day. He? he sent me a picture. Yep. No shit. Yeah. Good for him. Cool. Yeah. He's probably yeah, he one of the go- one of the best fishermen I know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just a natural. Yep. Yeah. Grew up on Lake Erie. So who awesome. wants to go next in terms of their haul? I'll go. Mine's quick. So I got my my flexi my flexi bucktail from Owen. For Kayla, a pink one. Then I got some nice little killer tails from Esau's Assault the Match. And then our boys at BNN, they were doing like a special four of their uh, smaller baits for 70. So I got three of the Rippin' Shads and Rippin' Minnows. Because I'm going to get them some pictures this year. I'm going to troll the shit out of them. And I'm going to make sure I catch something on them. Um, I got a new Wagon Dragon because those are new and I've never seen one in person yet. So it was cool to hold those. And ended up with one of those and then like everybody else in the world i got a matlock in a headlock but the matlock is the new one the uh it has i think it's an eight and a half inch or no yeah, it's the, a headlock it's a headlock actually the, the eight and hl inch. the hl 8.5 yeah so it's got like the steeper lip shorter lip it's like shallower it's meant for casting but he said you control them obviously so it's really cool um excited about that and then i got the big boy the headlock 12 i think it is i don't know look at that yeah i'm stepping up in the world donnie look at you tom wow yeah so i'm really pumped about both of those on the troller no i gotta cast i gotta casting one casting one trolling i will say i've cast matlocks before and they look very very appetizing it's a crankbait i mean yeah if you can throw it work it but even even like doing like a figure eight with them they still have yeah. that big shake and that big wander. Yeah. yeah yeah so that's i was a good boy that's all i got and then we got some food on the way home and that was about it i was very well, well behaved at this show i wasn't at musky max but i i really want to thank you and kayla for coming and spending the entire weekend up uh, there and helping me with everything man like dude, it was awesome that was, thank you that was because again like this stuff isn't cheap you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I recognize that. Like it's That's not cool, cheap it was... to just go up there and and do this stuff. So I really appreciate it. And I really thought it was a successful. I was successful joking with weekend. her. I'm like a weekend getaway at a musky show. That's like every girl's dream. You should be grateful. Like exactly. Right. I mean, what girl doesn't want that? A weekend getaway at a musky expo? I mean, come on. Believe me, I'm sure it there was... are lots of wives listening to this right now, swooning over the uh-huh. thought. Right. No, I don't want to see this. She had a good birth- time. She had a good ass time. It was my wife's birthday weekend, and she wanted nothing to do with going to the New York Muskie Expo. I can tell well, you that. Tell her to come. It was a good time. It's funny you say Kayla that because it was Get also married. my wife's birthday week. My my <laughs> wife's birthday is April seventh, and the show was April 9th and tenth. So yeah, I was Chelsea's like, uh, is the tenth. Yeah, I was like, oh, honey, I'll be in New York. <laughs> she came you know they shout out to my family because they you know they put up with my shit they they actually involve themselves with my shit at times <laughs> and shout yeah, out to like owen's daughter reluctant reluctantly as they may be yeah shout, shout out, out to, to owen's wife for uh dealing with me and tom's dumbasses in the doorway when she was getting oh, ready yeah. to leave 
<laughs> she's yelling she's for us and we don't even see her she's like loading she has stuff in her car that she wants us to bring to owen and tom and i are both just standing in the doorway she's right out front with the looking right in the back of her suv and she's like tom donnie and she goes like this like waves and we're just like standing in the doorway smiling and waving back fully conditioned <laughs> for for women to never talk to you hey yep. Save travels. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, we got other halls here too, I think, right? We got two left. Don, yeah, Mr. I, Donald. Donnie wants yeah, to Mine will be uh, pretty quick too. I uh, I set a $200 cap on myself for this show. And blew it I right pretty off. pretty hard at Musky Max and throughout the offseason. And I'm, I was pretty well set up, but. So I, I set a $200 cap going there, but I honestly had, I didn't really know what I was going to spend it on. I knew I wanted to get my meatloaf, which was going to be a significant chunk of that $200, which I did. It's right where I started. I'm pretty sure I was Evan's first customer. I walked right over. I got my, my blue shad meatloaf. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. It's, it's awesome. I can't wait. Ryan and I, tested it out for a minute the other day or no that wasn't actually i don't think that's when i had ryan out that's when i went out that was a different day but i did i ran it for a minute in the river the other day just to to see it oh my gosh oh it's glory dude it's it's worth every penny i can't wait i can't wait to get it chewed up but uh but yeah i just i got that and then uh i did i grabbed the dk uh Basically, it's my first DK, so I I went, I got in the Fat AZ line. I really didn't know what I was going to get. I walked, you know, I was just wanted to see what they were going to have when I got up there, and I don't know, you know, I know he has the 50 Finder and the Subans and stuff, but I don't really know the DK roars all that well. And uh, Vance, actually, he walked up and he, he asked me what I wanted, and I said, what do you recommend? Because I have no idea. And he picked one up and handed it to me and said, this is the one you want. So that's the one I bought. <laughs> and uh, I think was it you're the muted, Owen. What's that? Sorry, was, was it the Lawton? No, it was the Purple Shad, the uh, nine-inch Subban. Oh, that's right. That's Shallow which is the same, which was the same pattern that caught the big fish on Saturday, right? Yes, in a different, different size, bait, same yes. pattern. Yes. yes, same pattern. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, so I feel pretty confident the Vance wasn't lying. <laughs> Already. I trust them. So is that, yeah, that was is, it. I mean, that's is, all I, I, I grabbed those two baits. That's all I bought. Uh, that was that was actually geez. that ended up putting me over budget in itself a little bit. But that was. I was all right with it. I was right where I wanted to be. Well, what, uh, was that a nine inch that you got? Yeah, it was. I think it was seventy five dollars as well. And then I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I think that's it, the it, same one that I got. I got it in strawberry, yeah. but I, I, I didn't deep. know. If, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know the, the difference. One, the difference between them. I mean, obviously, a longer lip on the deep, right? Yeah. Yeah. Zero still have the. I think. They have the round rise. Mine, mine yeah. is a round, round lip. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the deep one. The square bill would be the shallow. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, I was just looking at the picture here just to make sure I'm I'm correct there. All right, it's my turn. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you're up. That's, up. that's my hall. Best for last. All right, so we've talked a little bit about the DK. I got the nine-inch uh, strawberry pattern, which is just one of my favorite. It's I don't know. There's not a fish in the in any lake that we fish that looks like a strawberry right like that you know when you when you talk about it doesn't even look like, like a strawberry right i mean it's it's like what does nothing this does not actually imitate a fish but hopefully it will catch one. match the hatch pattern don senior would really like that one it i and you know it, this is a, a perfect example of of baits catching fishermen as opposed to catching fish. Now that's not to say that this bait won't catch a fish, but the reason I bought it was because I, I like the pattern. Um, and everyone talks so much about DKs. I figure, Hey, you know, it can't hurt to own a DK and have one in my box. So I, I figured this was a looking at what they go for on the musky marketplaces and whatnot. And the, in the waffles or whatever they're called. Um, you know, 200 and some dollars. I figure buying one for 75 bucks. You can't beat that. Right. So yeah. we'll see how that one goes. Uh, secondly, I bought a headlock 8.5 and that is that in a, yes, it's it, and it's in the, like a black, it's in a black, but it's got foiled, uh, foiled sides and so i'm really thinking about that in terms of nighttime trolling at canadota um throwing that back there it's honestly it's it's like i'm i cannot wait to get out there at night and 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 drag that bait around um so those are the two trolling baits i got because i i'm not necessarily i mean i'm pretty fixed on trolling baits right now i got a bunch of perch baits i got a bunch of stuff that i gotta learn how to how to run before I, uh, you know, add anything more, but I did pick up two red October tubes, the 10 inch versions. And they're the ones that, um, I believe it was Ryan had said that Ken trail had been talking oh, about. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's again, the 10 inch and shout out to the red October guys and in, in particular Hans, because my eight-year-old daughter, and he doesn't know this, because I didn't, I was like kind of aside. I gave my my daughter wanted to buy bait. I gave her twenty dollars, and what did she want? She wanted a Red October tube, like one of the unrigged ones. And so she walked up to the Red October, you know, pay, you know, where where she's gonna pay. Hans is there. She puts up the tube. She gives him twenty dollars, and he looks at her and again we're i'm nowhere near like he this was totally out of his own goodwill he just looked at her and he said just take it you know and, and gave her the 20 dollars oh, awesome. and and said just just take it and it was just a you know again it we talk a lot about in this podcast about the good people in the business and i haven't gotten to spend a lot of time with those guys but you know the fact that he did that without anybody watching you know without doing it like with with some it's different to do that when like someone walks up to your booth and like you know that you can tell that they are you know they are somebody whatever uh but for just any kid to walk up to that booth and to have a a red october tube in their hand 
and to just give it to them. That's why yeah, I know Tom has seen seen it happen. Like I've kind of mm-hmm. gotten accustomed to leaving a bunch of painted blades on uh, on my on the table. And any kid that comes up and picks one up, what do you say? Just you can have go it. Ahead. And you can their have face it, is like, what? Yeah, it's like, what? Like, what? Because huh? it's so it? shiny. It's shiny and yeah. it's like so colorful. And like just seeing a kid's face when when, you know, when they get something like that, it just meant a lot to me. So, mm-hmm. Hans, if you should ever listen to this podcast, shout out to you and the Red October guys, because that was awesome. I feel like you know, the uh, the only other like glimpse of that you ever get is like I've grown men still get that with this when you give them a free sticker. It's like right. the only, which I love that we're able to give those out, and you know, just to see, right. oh, I, I, I can just have this. Yeah. What? <laughs> Well, so, what Owen doesn't know is I already contracted his daughter to uh, work for me next show season. I'm going to just give her my money and she's going to take it around all the booths and get me all my lures for free. For free. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sending her right to Duff's booth and saying, hi, Mr. Duff, can I get this 12-inch headlock? Speaking shoot, of stickers, for a while we're on that subject, I just want to put this out into the universe. Our loyal listener and my good friend Dave McNellis up in northern Minnesota, the guy who introduced me into this sport, he wanted musky hunk stickers. I want it to be known to everyone that I told Tom that th- he wants musky hunts hunk stickers. I gave Tom the address. Oh, look, there it is. There it is. Dave in Minnesota. They can't see him holding up an envelope right now in my <laughs> Dave hands. Dave in Minnesota. Oh, look at that. I love it. There you go, Dave. Is that going to go through the mail like that? Known that sure I relayed the message. Hey, if any of our loyal listeners want any, uh, you know, musky hunk stickers to throw on their boat, please send us a send us a message on Instagram, and Tom will make sure he gets it out in a, in about three weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just like the infomercials, like six weeks to seven months, anywhere in between. Yeah. Don't just ask. Pay where. Us, just pay us five ninety five shipping and handling. Seventeen yeah. installments. No refunds. Four cents a piece. No questions, no refunds. All right, so let, let me wrap no up. Stickers. Let me wrap up my haul here. So I also got a bondi because I have zero bondies, and I've always wanted to just have something to jig. It's the smaller one. Uh, I got based on Ryan actually, Ryan buying that sloppy swimmer and bringing it over to the booth and building. In let's let's talk a little bit about what we mean by building the you know this spinner blade tom figured out that okay if you if you take off the butt if you know what we're talking about well, in i didn't of figure the it out swimmer no gear man steve from the fatty yeah. z podcast technically i think figured this out. Oh, gear man yeah, steve. Gear man steve credit to him credit where credit's due i didn't fi- i'm just replicating a great so if you if you if you know what a sloppy swimmer looks like it's got the hook hanging out of the bottom you know, like kind of the ass end, so to speak, which would be hook hanging up in anything you 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 know you you drop it down on the bottom of the traditional lake, rubber bait right. belly hooks. Yeah. So if you remove that and you the sloppy swimmers also come with a top hook that is dug into the back of the rubber bait, it's split ring to the front, the hook tie off point, and then you dig it into the back like a bass swim bait kind of. Right. So what what Tom hooked up for us is rigging up a little wire 
connector to add you make like a, a one inch wire leader pretty much right to, to add a second hook on the back so you can remove the bottom hook and you can add a second hook on the back so you're not losing you know hooking capacity so to speak but you're adding the weedlessness in that both of those hooks are dug into the back of the sloppy swimmer neither of them are hanging nothing is hanging off of the bottom so you can really you know, I just think it makes it more versatile in terms of something. If you want to drag it off the bottom, we tested yeah, not, that out not, too at that point. Weedless, I mean, but no, yeah, you can we, touch bottom with it. Yeah, you can dredge bottom. Snag. Yeah, we right. were testing that out at the pond. It's this little like public park pond where you can see the bottom pretty much, and like six inches offshore, you could drag that thing belly on the bottom, and it'll stay upright. The blades will spin. It's pretty unique. It's right. I'm really excited. And I'm really, I'm really excited to fish that, you know, to, to give that a shot here this year. But my last, my last one, and this is per, you know, me and Tom kind of talking about smaller swim baits and that my kids could cast at the lake and Boggs makes uh, this perfect little, I don't know, maybe it's a five inch paddle tail. And, you know, you talk about these paddle tails, they're very, they're, they're kind of, the most user-friendly baits you could imagine where you cast out, you reel it in and it's, it just creates a vibration. So it's perfect for kids. And that's so, small enough to throw on a spinning rod. You could throw that on the old Ryan Reed. I'll go, I'll go. Stick. Yeah. I have it. I have it more in my thought on my smaller musky rods that my kids like to use, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, have like the, the tranks 300 or like a smaller Corrado reel. But yeah, I mean, I think it probably could be thrown on a heavy, heavy spinning reel. Mm-hmm. Proper leader. So yeah, that wraps up uh, my haul. I was pretty happy with it. I think I kept it to what was utilitarian. Uh, it was things that I needed, not things that I wanted. Absent, I think the DK was a little bit of a of an impulse purchase. Uh, other than that, I think everything was more or less something that I I felt that I needed for my tackle box. So I'm I'm pleased. You usually sneak away and come back with like two rods and a net or like a tackle box, and you didn't do much sneaking away and showing back up with large items. The show I didn't, and and honestly, had had they had a had anyone had a better selection of left-handed reels, I probably would have bought another big reel but you know crashes had next to nothing in terms of left-handed uh even matt's reel repair which i thought was like a really cool booth you know for anyone that didn't spend any time there matt's reel repair had a bunch of old reels that you know like mitchell 300s mitchell 308s and it was just really cool cool stuff so i did not make any big purchases like that i i had in plan i had plans too but just nothing Nothing happened. Yep. Well, where to from here? How about well, uh, take us? Let's talk about what Donnie did after the show. Yeah. So uh, that, takes us to, that takes us to spring fishing. All right. And yeah. and who's the first person to make a make an impact in Crack terms of spring seal. fishing? But our ma- our man Donnie. Uh, Tell Donnie, us a little bit about Saturday of the, of the, the New York Muskie Show. Uh, yeah, I mean. We went, uh, I got to link up at the show with, uh, Mr. Big Fish himself, Mike Saranis, uh, kind of on an impulse. And we were both Mr. up Big there. Fish. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's a big he, fish. Magnet. He's got a knack, huh? He's, yeah, he, he does. The, it's something else. The golden horseshoe. And, uh, we were, 
who do we were just kind of talking at the show and uh we decided to to get out of there around lunchtime and go hit hit his local lake and uh and give it a go in his little boat yeah we had his boat you know it was my first time out on his ranger which is just holy shit that thing is badass yeah i mean wow he's he's got a hell of a setup over there uh yeah we got out and i mean he had one of those uh i think it's the the prototype the five inch dk I, i know nick knows a thing or two about these baits probably more than me but but yeah so we we got out on the water and uh we were trolling this area and i mean we had fished the same area for a few hours and we hadn't had one action. We had one questionable rip, you know, kind of one of those quick tugs where was it a snag or was it a yeah, fish? Yeah, could have been a fish. Could have like a good quick tug. Could have smacked the carp ass, you know, it's not really sure, but you know, nothing nothing really to speak about. And but we were marking a lot of fish and we were marking a lot of bait and we just, we kept hammering this area. We felt like we knew we were in the right area. We were just waiting for something to happen. And it was pretty neat. I don't know if it was a combination of the weather and the fact that like the New York Muskie show was going on, but we were, it was like, we were the only people out there. So we were just, we were just beating up this area and it's kind of a community spot, but there was nobody else around and we just kept fishing it and fishing it and, and, we, we were uh, coming down, making this pass, and we just got right in, in on this turn. And I, I can tell you, it was it was really neat. I wish Mike, we were supposed to have Mike on here tonight, but he's uh, he bailed on us, He's right? too busy fishing uh-huh. <laughs> to come and talk with us about fishing. But uh, Mr. It Mr. Was Big really Time. Cool. Yeah, he he he's turning out and uh, this rod, the uh, outside board or side rod, rather. It just dumps, and I mean, so you know, uh, so I've, on I've, the out, so you're going a, you're going around a turn in the yeah, outside. So it would have been hits. it would have been the no. I'm sorry, it was the it was the inside line. It was the inside side rod. So it would have been the slower moving bait on the turn. Yes. Uh it, so it hit it. So you guys are running six. Down. You guys are running six six lines at the time. Right? Yes. Yes, yeah, six rods. This would have been the middle rod, side rod. So, did uh, do you guys have a like, uh, or do you have an agreement? Like, first fish goes to yeah. one person, or so, do you, yeah, like no, I, I mean, like that's, that's that's always one of those things, you know, because like everybody does that a little bit differently. And this was Mike and I's first time fishing together, and we kind of got on the boat, and he he said like, you know, how do you want to do it? You know, if, if uh, uh, raw goes off, and I. I said, he's like, oh, I don't care. You can take it first. And I was like, no, no, it's your, it's all yours. You can go first. And then we right. agreed upon, uh, I set my side. He set his side and, uh, he, you know, so we each had three baits out. We said, whoever's side goes first, gets the first fish. Then after that, we were just going to rotate if we got any more bites throughout the day, you know, gotcha. So like just just to get a Seems little fair. fun, fair yeah. competition on who would go first and give a, give a reason to pick your baits and run run your lures, whatever. So it was Mike's DK. Uh, we we make that turn and this rod just dumps. And that you know I I know I remember I was sitting in the passenger seat there, but 
I know Mike will tell you too, because we laughed about it a number of times after him. As soon as that rod started going, I looked right at Mike and I just yelled. I was like, big fish. Cause I, it was just no mistake. And, uh, you know, it, it was just screaming. And, uh, it was like for a split second, like, you know, we, I think we both like froze, you know, for that split second, which seemed like a lot longer than what it was, but you know, Mike went for the, uh, for the rod and, I immediately, you know, like I saw him grab the rod. I knew it was hooked up and I knew it was a big one. So I, I ran and made sure I cleared both down rods right away because I, I was afraid we were going to get a mess because it was pretty rough out there and, and everything. But I got both down rods cleared pretty quick. And I will say, I think Mike was pretty lucky in that this fish was, it, it, did, it, it did all the right things for him to keep it hooked. It, it stayed down. It, it didn't do a, like that. I saw a lot of big head shakes. It did a few, but it was almost like it just steadily swam at the like net, an like angle away you? from the boat in a way that it just kept it tight for him the whole time. And he was able to just kind of like bring it right to the corner of the boat, the way that we were moving and the way that the fish was moving. It just, it was like he never had to to get real crazy with it. He could just, he just kind of kept cranking straight in the whole time. And it just really, it came right in pretty, pretty easily, which was really nice. And then the water was so murky that it was like right at the boat and I couldn't see it. I, you know, like it was there and, and I'm, I'm waiting, I got the net and I'm looking and I cannot see this fish. And then all of a sudden it rolls and I went, I went to try and net it. And it dove straight down and I completely missed it. I'm not going to lie. I, I yanked back right away because I knew I was going to miss it, but I was afraid I was going to hook Ryan it read on it. the Grab net the or something. Yeah. I was afraid I went too far and, and I, I was really nervous. I, I, for a second, I thought I botched it. I'm not going to lie. I really did. I'm not sure Mike realizes how much poop was down my leg because I, I, I thought I screwed it up, but I didn't. And uh, it, it kind of dove back down and it dove really hard. And as soon as he, he, he got some leverage on it and he started bringing her back up and, and she just came perfectly and I was able to scoop her right in. And as soon as she hit the net, you know, my, it Mike couldn't see, this was another part. I mean, it, like I had her in the net, but the way we were standing, Mike couldn't see the fish behind me. So he's still, he was like still pulling back if you will. And he was almost pulling the fish back out of the net and he almost yanked her back out completely out of the net. I'm like, I'm lifting the net with him as he's pulling it like towards the boat and I'm hauling. I'm like, she's in, she's in, she's in. But it, it was wild, man. And, and we were looking at it in the net and, you know, we both were thinking it was like maybe a 48, you know, I knew it was big, but it was still even in the net the water we were fishing was so dirty that it like it, you couldn't see the whole fish. So it was hard to really judge how big she was. And when he lifted her out and put her on the bump, I mean, it was just, just a giant fish, just, just an incredible moment. Uh, she had a big mark on her, right? Yeah. From, uh, from, from, I guess it's probably spawning, right? No. So no? actually I, I guess, uh, he sent that to Jared Sayers and, uh, he said that uh, it was, they believe that it's probably red spot actually. So that's, that's, oh, that's what good. he said, but I guess, you know, I, I heard that and immediately would thought like this was, you know, 
the end lake. of end of the lake, if you will. And like I was like, oh my God, but I guess that's kind of always somewhat of a thing. It's not it's not as deadly mm. as mm. I thought it was to well, I, I mean, it could be bad for the certain fish, but it's not like a, a death sentence for the fishery, I suppose, the way that what I is it? thought if, it was. Do you do you know enough about it to kind of, yeah, to yeah, kind it's of basically a bacterial infection, I believe. I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know enough about it more than that to really speak on it. I think that'd be something that we need to get a biologist or something on here because I don't want to talk a bunch of stuff I don't know and then have right. a professional come on and show me that I'm an idiot. <laughs> right. There was, a, right. There was I, another I, disease that hit along with red spot you're like years and years back on pimey vhs oh well no did it well, i thought you meant like muskies in general what is it the no that's I the think, one that hit vhs i think, VHS, I, I think is the i was one gonna that... say chlamydia because there was a chlora something you know the genitalia expert was talking about at some point in one of our threads <laughs> but that sounds that sounds right i think the vhs, VHS was was kind of more centered around the Great Lakes systems, but I'm not not again. I'm not 100 percent on that. So, no, I remember I remember reading articles about that, and I remember listening to podcasts about that about the you know the St. Lawrence and you know these big fisheries that just got absolutely decimated by by VHS. It's like viral hemorrhagic something yeah, I don't syndrome know. or something. Yeah, but yeah, that's what and that prompted a bunch of like bait restrictions like like uh like no live me, bait. I'm not, well you're not allowed to like leave the watershed with it unless it's certified from a you know certified vendor or bait farm or whatever because you know up by me it was always people would just live or uh, go out and sane minnows in the lake and then sell them in the bait shop but now you can do that, but you can only use those back in Lake Erie and that, that sort of thing. So I'm not sure if that crossed into the inland lakes or not, but well, that's my you, experience with VHS. Donnie, do you think now, so you said that was your first time fishing with Mike? Yeah. Are yep. you, let's all argue with each other. Does that mean that you're cursed or is that like a good, is that the lucky rabbit's foot that you guys are destined to be fishing partners or is that the curse that like catching a fish on the first cast like you're fucked just quit has he bribed like, you which, to come back yeah how's uh, the situation being treated are you keeping your distance and trying to like avoid a curse or is this all good luck i mean it, you know mike and i are, are buddies we talk and i mean i don't think either way i don't think he and i are, are ever gonna uh be fishing together every weekend you know, regardless, uh, you know, he has his buddies that he fishes with. And, and so do I, you know, it just kind of worked out that way that we got we're able to get on the boat that day. But uh, well, I, he's already told me uh, that I'm welcome on his boat anytime. And obviously so the, uh, the feelings mutual there. I'm sure we'll uh, we're going to combine powers again to hopefully put another big fish in the boat some point here or there. But uh, I don't know. Only the uh, rabbit's foot. Right, Ryan. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to play your best hand every weekend, and you mm. kind of ruin it. You know. Yeah. It's, it's like. So what? Kellen I got think, a forty-eight last year with Donnie. Uh, I think Mike the first time I was 
First time I was ever out with Bonnie, we got a 28 pounder. Yeah, that's true. That did happen. Hey, I want to uh, know. I want to know what these guys are doing because every time I fish with Donnie, all we do is bump, bump subs. subs. See, well, that's the they, thing too with Ryan. He used to be Ryan used to be my lucky rabbit's foot, and like I don't know, maybe 2019, and then 2020, that shit changed, man, and he turned into my curse. I don't think I could catch a fish with Ryan reading the boat last year. I don't know if I did. I don't think we caught a fish. Together. I don't think we Not fished a... that much, honestly, Tom Boy. That's fair too. That's fair too. I, I think I think fish. usually when we get out, there's yeah. magic that happens in one way usually. or another. That's what I mean. So for a while, Ryan was my lucky rabbit's foot. Like he was like my ace in the hole. Like bring him around, something good was happening. I will say this: in Donnie's boat on Saturday, we missed some bigger fish. I will say that <laughs> we left a few on the table that day. I know I lost a good one. Are you guys casting or trolling? Casting. All casting. Nice. All casting this time of year. You guys would have been proud of me. I cast it all day. I'm proud. Yeah, you did. I didn't even really, I spent a little bit of time on the rattle bait, like small stuff, but I I casted some musky baits for the majority of the time. Did did he catch the autopilot? Did he what? Did he snag the autopilot, the prop trolling motor? No. Look at him. No, I only snagged it once. Look at him go. and got me out it and i and the thing other thing was i honestly i stayed with that raptor for like two two and a half three hours yeah he did there you I, go i it just kept when you're the same some action on it doesn't it? well i mean there's a the thing like owens talked about this too like you fish those baits and you get a little bit more confident mm-hmm. but yeah i mean obviously you know a pike comes up and smokes at boat side i'm gonna leave that thing you, off but that's the thing because you know you're doing something right finally right. so you start building it that confidence you... slowly even exactly. if it's a pike you're like i fooled it so i'm doing something right mm-hmm. this bait works i'm gonna keep it on i'm not gonna have bait ocd in one cast with each bait in my box okay so i texted you guys earlier today about uh the ugly pike podcast with nate andrachuk who uh you know who actually was commenting on mike mike from um from water wolf his post today but he had a point and he's a guide in like up in minnesota black soul and and lake of the woods and the question was posed to him that you know when you have clients on your boat, what do you give them? And I think the, the conventional wisdom is that the guide tells them exactly what to, what to throw, but that really wasn't it. It was to, to tell the client or the, the guide. I think the point was the guide had all, all baits on his boat that he trusts and that he, he feels strongly about. There's nothing on his boat that he doesn't, feel feel good about so telling a client pick out what you feel good about like go through go through this and find something that you are confident in and you throw it that gives the client or that fisherman more confidence in the bait that they are throwing because they picked it out and they feel good about it now i don't know that that necessarily translates into you know, more fish or anything, but I do absolutely believe that as a fisherman feeling good about what you put on the end of your line color, whether it's the color, whether it's, you know, the shape doesn't matter. You know, if, if someone says put a bucktail on and, and I don't feel comfortable with the black and nickel bucktail because I just want more color, you know, it's like, okay, put on what you want. 
it's it's more about confidence than than the actual bait that you're throwing. Am I wrong? Not no. at all. That's why Kayla got I her a bright a bright ass pink bucktail. There's nothing bright pink in Canandota Lake where she's going to be learning to use it, but it's a bucktail that vibrates. They're they're going to mistake it for something to eat and they're going to eat it. And I don't Absolutely. think Absolutely. If you're confident in it, they'll eat it. If you fish it the right way, I yep. agree there. I completely agree. I do want to back up real quick, though. Uh, you you actually mentioned uh, Kellen, uh, my my friend Kellen. And uh, yeah. there's a connection with Kellen and that Mike and I's big fish that's pretty uh, pretty cool. Uh, Kellen we gets his hands on all the big fish, doesn't he? he? he like somewhere, does, he's got his tentacles. He's, he's got his tentacles all over the big he fish. He just knows because I can yeah. tell you, we had been on the water for probably six, seven hours, I think, at that point, and uh, we were text. I was texting back and forth with uh, you know a little thread. Kept my buddy Kellen and my buddy Jordan are on, and they just asked how it was going, and I said, you know, two thumbs down. It sucks out here. We should. I should be hanging out at the show with everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, Kellen responded with, you guys are going to get a big one in the next hour. And that's all he said. Yep. And 27 minutes Boom. later, yep, there was a 50. And I, honestly, I think that fish was 50 and a quarter, but it was definitely over 50. It, you know, it was it was 50 all day. I'll say that it there was is very... there is absolutely something to that positive mindset that yep. I I believe trans, translates into fish. And I have a video from one of my first like GoPro. I'm 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 on Lake Nipissing by myself and I'm listening to my rap music and I'm literally talking to myself. And I cast out and I say, I'm going to get a fish. I'm literally fucking talking to myself. <laughs> what happens? Boom. Fish hits my bucktail. Mm-hmm. Like, awesome. Feels I, like a fish. Can I ask or like, you guys a question? Exactly. Feels like a fish. Those things oh. where you're like, you're picturing one in your head sometimes. Like yes. You can see one behind it. Like you don't see the fish, but in your head, you're like, I feel like there might be a fish behind this. And then all of a sudden, like you get whacked. Like that's happened to me a few times. Well, and it kind to, of freaks to the me guys, out. to people listening out there, like I'm, I know they've been there and they felt like, uh-huh. man, this just you're, feels feel the like, presence. Yes. Don't <laughs> discount that, you know, trust that keep fishing mm-hmm. that like that's the that that is absolutely the type of stuff that that is kind of like intuition and the more you fish the more you get to feel that but do not discount that if you feel that way i don't give a shit what someone says about the spot you're fishing if it feels fishy to you you fish it that's what uh i think it's more like i like i get that confidence when i see like other animals out and about and, you know the one that comes to mind is like the border finally opened. We went up to Canada. And Larissa all the cows were, were standing up. Yeah, right? Howard Wagner. Um, but uh, we're, like, heading out. It's, like, the crack of, like, 1030 or something that we're heading out to try fishing for a little bit. And we head down the channel, and here's a bull moose, like, halfway out, you know, up to its knees in the water, just milling around, like, as carefree as could be we slow down take some photos of it go a little bit further here's a bear swimming around go around the corner the world, was, 
yeah the first world spot, was alive it's like the third know? cast and hook into a musky you know it's like yep. uh can i ask you guys about this i want to talk about this feeling for a second okay because i i've had the same i've had the same thing happen to me that tom described and i and honestly on saturday i felt the same thing probably like and, and the funny thing was like on saturday let me just let me talk about this for a sec we were fishing and things kind of got i don't know it got like i don't want to say weird like it got like quiet for a second and Donnie looked at me and he goes, Ryan, be ready. It's like both side, you know, just make sure you're paying attention both side. And it couldn't have been, you know, two casts after that. I had that fish, you know, basically hit both side and I missed it. But at that time, like when he was saying that, like something changed, like I felt like something had changed. Mm-hmm. Donnie, did you get that at all in the boat? Like, I don't know what that is. I don't know why I'm feeling that. Same but- thing happened with my first tiger with him. He was like, I think it's time to jig for no reason. I mean, there were, there was, it was a good time to jig. Yeah. But just out of nowhere, he's like, I think it's time to jig. And I put that bondy on, and I think I've jigged it for three minutes and got my first tiger. But what, I know what, nothing. What, <laughs> what is that? Why? Like, why bondy is there the water man? <laughs> why, why does sometimes do you get almost this like tunnel vision? Like I've had this happen to me on the creeks and stuff where you get like a tunnel vision, like all of a sudden you could cast for three, four hours. Then all of a sudden you get like a tunnel vision on the water. And the next thing, you know, like a fish hits. Do you want, do you want a scientific answer or do you I want just, my, phil- just, my philosophic answer? Because I want both. the philosophic both, answer is really better. I want both. I want, I want both. to understand this feeling. Like- I don't know that I have a scientific answer, but I have a philosophic answer. And that is that we as humans are a lot more connected to the earth than we care to give ourselves credit for. Yeah. And like, no, we, we, realize. we find ourselves more often disconnected from the earth by how we operate our lives. And when we find ourselves in a situation where we are all of, all of a sudden in touch with nature and you're you're completely everything you're doing and and, and nick you know nick just mentioned it feels like a fish because that's when 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 reagan and i are fishing when you when we have that i always say or he always says just out of the blue feels like a fish you know and it's i mean it because you your body as humans we become more in tune with with nature the more we spend time on the water and the more you try to communicate with nature and i i don't want to be like too overly you know sappy are are you trying to say we're using the force owen it's it's not necessarily the force (laughs) i would say donnie it's it's this I, i think it's i think it's we as humans we are so disconnected from our from from the earth and you know and we as fishermen like we we like to be on a boat like donnie you've said on multiple occasions you would rather be on a boat than anywhere else even if you're not catching fish right oh absolutely okay so what is it about there are other guys that would rather be backpacking i i wouldn't i wouldn't want to backpack if you paid me a a million dollars and that's outdoors and that's you know that's part of nature but it's when you find your your thing thing. i the thing i love is the you get to see the interactions and like the cause and effects of you know water temperature or weather barometer Yeah. yeah yeah just the 
this changes and this happens, you know, getting to learn those idiosyncrasies of, you know, an ecosystem is something that so you many pick people up on just that don't too. pay attention yeah, to. Yeah. And that's, the, that's like the old farmer, that. like, oh, it smells like rain. Like the, like you, you pick right. up on those little changes, the little barometer changes and the, and it, you don't get pick a little up colder. on that get, stuff. You don't pick up on that stuff. If you're getting in and out of your car, yeah. every 15 minutes right. you pick up on that stuff when you are outdoors when you are on a boat when you are you know doing whatever when again more in tune with with nature and mm-hmm. and that uh, that is ryan i think the answer to the question like what is it about that feeling it's you do you ever get that feeling when you just walk out to the to the dock and and cast no that feeling comes when you've been out there all day and there's something about the environment that you're in that changes. Mm. And that's what gives you that feeling. You know, it's not, it, it, it's not, you can't just go out and get that feeling. I guess it also usually stems from being there before, I guess to, to take that further, you know, more specifically like what Ryan's talking about the other night where I kind of called that shot that we were going to have that fish. I felt pretty confident that with three three people casting on the boat we were going to have a fish go and it was because you know where this spot that we were fishing for one i just i know that there's usually fish in the area this time of year so i knew that the fish were there and it was pretty windy that day it was right getting close to dusk and the wind just kind of died down and and that's where Ryan kind of touched on it. It was like everything kind of quieted down. Everything mm-hmm. got a little calm. It was like the first time of the day where it was just everything had kind of laid down a little bit and you could just tell things were changing and it just, the sun was going down and it just, it just felt perfect. And so, so would you have, said would, Ryan, you have had that, would you have, would you have had that same feeling if you had just walked you know, gone under the water that moment, or no. was it a lot because no. you had been there all day and you felt that change in mother nature, whatever was going on, that that right. was what made you feel that 100%. way. 100%. And not only that, the fact that I've been in that situation in that area before and seen it play out happen. basically the You've same way in the past. So this is, so that this goes is... to Nick, Nick Colangelo saying last week where like the historic catches, he feels a lot of confidence when, you know, w- when he's in a place where he knows there's been a historic catch, you know, there's right. a history of catches and the, the weather and the, you know, all these other things kind of, you know, come together. So that's, that's really cool to kind of put it all together when you think about that. That's... I feel most confident after I've sacrificed a few small animals and a nice little seance. Mm-hmm. Shirtless. shirtless yeah, yeah i was gonna say shirtless <laughs> we're talking pain. like squirrels yeah like anything goats, anything or... you want oh, God, yeah that's sick. whatever you can find in a I, uh, I just like i gotta say because this thing is whole this whole conversation is interesting to me because so what i'm this is my assessment based off of what you guys said there we feel the changes in the environment and typically when there's a change in the environment say after being out all day a lot of times those changes in environment are going to affect the fish and potentially, you know, whether it's pressure, whether it's whatever it is, could fire a fish up to eat. But the other thing is like, after that happened, I looked around Donnie's boat and me, him and Josh were locked in after that 
from that point on all the way past dark and we were fishing a lot harder and I, I feel like I fished pretty hard that afternoon, but like we were fishing hard and we were fishing good and we were doing solid figure eights and we were, we were doing everything right. And, and what happened, Donnie hooked up, you know, the fish didn't stay pinned, but like, so my, my thought here is like, I'm thinking it's a, just like this crazy thing that happens when you're out there, right? Like, you get in tune with the fish. You just feel it feels very fishy. Feels like a fish. Feels like a fish. Feels like a fish. But really, that's more like a change in the environment. You know, like and we're not, sometimes you don't even pick up on that. You know, it's happened to me at like muddy and stuff where who knows? Maybe it was a temperature change, maybe it was a wind change, maybe it was whatever. And I just was like all of a sudden I was locked in. And the next thing you know, we had like two fish in the bag. Couldn't agree more, man. Like it's it. And I think that all comes with what we've talked about on multiple occasions, which is time on the water. You know, the more time you're on the water, the more you feel these, you know, these environmental changes that are, are occurring and how it may relate to to fish eating or not not eating. I, I think the entire thing is just absolutely fascinating and there's no real answers to it, you know, but you know for a fact that guys that really know what they're doing, they focus on major changes in, in weather. And I think that's really probably what we're talking about mm-hmm. when we say that, you know, things feel fishy. Like, yeah, you're in a good spot. But I think it's probably more weather. Like you feel a little bit of a change in the barometric pressure. You feel a little bit of change. You know, you feel a storm coming on. Wind picks up. Larry, um, I'm sorry, Dick Pearson talks ad nauseum in his book about wind change like if he feels the wind change directions he will go to a a different spot that like he will move completely pick up and changes (coughs) change everything about what he's doing to go and hit this one spot because of a, a change in wind direction which you know me as an amateur angler I mean, hell, I'm I can I'm barely I'm I'm lucky to keep my boat pointed in the right direction, let alone like you know moving upon change in wind and whatnot. That's one of those things that like it's not something that I've been able to give any kind of like logic to it or reasoning behind it. But it's one of the like consistent things I've noticed fishing on the Jordan Bay is if you've got wind blowing into a bay, there's probably fish in there like across open water it's i don't know if it's pushing bait or that's everything whatever. i mean yeah you, you guys but, rag me for the trout but that's like how you find stalker trout in like a little shit public park like you which way is the wind blowing okay we're going over there like that's where they're gonna be that's it's that easy like sometimes i mean i think it all comes back to current yeah you know, right yeah just like in in a river you know, it, it dictates where the, where the fish are it's the same in in lakes and everything it's just currents come from the wind and, and different things mm-hmm. more so but that's yeah, one Dick of those Pearson things talks I, a lot talks a lot about neck downs and which yeah. are more heavily affected by wind you know the yeah. current gets more concentrated in those neck down areas which i've always like tried to con I've, i have yet to catch a fish based on using that strategy you know i've tried i've definitely tried it uh, but I have yet to have that pan out for me. 
that's one of those i just feel like it's always good anytime you're on the water it's just, just try and be as observant and cognizant of what's going on while you're out there even if you don't you know catch a fish that time you might be able to relate to it when you do catch a fish and that's probably what uh, probably something that separates the the really good guides from the mediocre guides in those that can recognize those really hot times and, and feel that so to speak and yeah, put together some on, sort of cause and effect right, and, 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 and get their client on, on fish in a particular time. I mean, I think that's definitely something that, that, uh, that, that they would have to have to do. Going back and taking like an even weirder turn on the whole, like feeling fishy and feeling a fish. Like I was kind of talking like, night fishing i swear to god i'm gonna get roasted for this and it's okay because i get roasted for everything but i swear to god sometimes you can feel in the pitch black dead of night you can feel a fish behind a bait without seeing it if you're in tune enough whether that fish takes whether it's a bucktail and that fish takes a swipe and disturbs the water or something if you know how that bait should feel there have been multiple times where like something i've been like oh that felt off and then like half a second to a second later i get whacked and like, I swear you can either, whether you feel them creeping up and disturbing the water or they swipe at it and miss it, like you feel something sometimes. And that's really weird when that happens. I can't say that I've ever, I mean, I don't have the experience, musk, you know, night fishing like that, but I really, like really, really, really 100%. I want to, I want to focus this summer on night fishing. Like I honestly don't care if I fish uh, much during the summer, during the day. Like I want to fish at night and see how fish react. And I want to learn some of the stuff because I'm, I'm totally clueless. But you're not going to see shit. Night fishing. Well, I, I know all, that. I was all gung-ho <laughs> about it last summer. And I tried a couple times, set my alarm for the, the Tom Venata 3 a.m. special. Call. Yeah. And then I immediately said, this is dumb. I'm going it's ridiculous. To I'm going well, to yeah, it seems ridiculous. <laughs> it seems absolutely ridiculous, which is why I, I either have to... I either have to do it, you know, after dark. Me, you You're know, talking like, like eight to ten. Eight, eight until midnight. You know, even right. you know, go go late into the night. Yeah. Or get up super early, like Nick is talking about. But again, you know, I'm I'm an old man. Like everyone knows, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, Mister Laser you know, Loop. You know, I'm the old man. I'm the laser loop guy, which, by the way, oh. I'm completely right about. Well, that's they're, they're going to get a little weird because they're going to hear this before that. So you'll see what we're so, talking about. So, uh, you know, I'm the old guy in the room. Sleep is important to me. And man, it just I wish I could Not like sleep. just fish all night. I wish I could just fish all night and somehow come away from that being OK. And well, you don't come away. OK, you sleep that whole day. That's the catch. Yeah, but then that's where having three children is the is the yeah is the that, fly, that throws a wrench. The flies in the, in the flies in the ointment, so to yeah. speak. <laughs> see, see, Tom and I can get away with that now, like because we don't have kids. Like I'm gonna mm -hmm. do that on Friday and Saturday. I think is what's gonna happen. I think I'm gonna go up early, early Friday, and I'm gonna fish all day Friday, all night Friday jump on a boat on Saturday morning and fish all day Saturday and then drive home Saturday night. So well, that's oh reasonable. I mean, if you don't have kids to worry about, if you can say, Hey, 
the the I'm gonna be gone for you know a couple of days, dude. That's more than reasonable. Yeah, it just I'm, sucks. Sunday is what's gonna suck because then I gotta yeah, do all the yard work and I'm gonna be dead and tired, you're exhausted. You're gonna be sleeping on the lawnmower it. while it goes around in circles in the back. And you gotta get back into your normal sleep schedule for work on and Monday. That, yeah. There you go, Nick. Mm. That and that is the the, That's the, the absolute part. rub is come okay. Monday morning if I am not on top of my shit. Like right. I am, I'm in trouble. And so I have to watch myself on the weekends. Like that I get enough sleep that I don't completely in, in, you know, it's, I wish I could, man. I wish I could just like take a Monday and just sleep and do, you know, be able to fish all weekend, but man. Well, gentlemen, we're like two hours. I think we covered everything pretty well. Who's boat you jumping so. on Saturday, Ryan? I don't want to say yet, because oh. I'm not entirely. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm, he can't. I'm, he can't tell us. No, I'm fairly certain that it's. I'm going to be fishing with Dan on Saturday morning. I promised Dan him that, uh, and he's. So Dano oh. is driving up to on. I probably shouldn't have said, but he's driving probably up there. Have. He's we'll driving up. Out. I'll bleep it. He's driving up on Friday afternoon and is planning to fish all night, and. All day Saturday, so we're gonna Actually, see. All night, or? We're gonna see how this goes. I I don't know yet. I don't know what he's well, feeling. He's gonna like. He's gonna night troll. I I feel like that's what we're gonna attempt to do potentially. I might I might be fishing another area. Last that time I night like trolled. Last time yeah. I night trolled, I wrapped the planer board around a barge buoy on the Mon River. So that was my experience <laughs> night trolling. I just have yeah. such an adamant hate for that lake that I would never night. That just sounds terrible. <laughs> there's areas I, was, I feel like you can do it though yeah definitely yeah, some areas yeah tell yeah, dan we said hello dan the man yeah. you could tell him yourself if you come out and fish on friday i gotta say this has been a pretty good episode yeah oh, i yeah. think it has been oh, yeah it has been it really oh, has yeah. been I, th- I think it's been it's gone very well we so. actually stayed on topic talked about what we had to talk about and then derailed and kind of went down a weird rabbit hole which is cool and so should we do Here like we a, do like a, a final wrap up so you can think cut, this is. cut all that think, other yeah. shit out? I think yeah. this is a good one. I think this is. We're leave, we're it into it. it. Yeah. Just leave it in. Sounds That's good to me. Right. Nah. Hey. <laughs> Play the music. Cue credits. <laughs> all right. on that. What we don't even I just gonna say a special thanks to Big O's Bucktails for, for hey. always saving the day. Yeah. For the sponsor ship right yeah. everybody come out to the new york musky show next year yeah shout yeah. out new york yeah. musky expo oh you lazy pittsburghers like me we're scared to leave the 412 let's all go let's all if make tom a can to leave westmoreland county anybody so can, can do it so can i promise yeah. it's okay out there there's a whole world out there you, to see you can do it <laughs> i just think of tom singing the uh the whole, a whole new world a whole new standing on the hood of my jeep going down the interstate <laughs> It's filled with muskies and not trout. Good lord. Good night, Congrats guys. again, Mike Saranis, on the big Pennsylvania 50-inch muskie. Oh, yeah. Big Thanks old, for letting me be a part of that. Big old muskie. Awesome big stuff. old fish. All right, guys. All right, boys. We'll just say tight lines. Good night. Yeah. Until next time. See you next time. I had to shake him on my last case. Big O don't play.